to have two coaches within the same week be so outspoken about how the refs are calling games. I don't know if this will open more of a can of worms to more coaches just being vocal about it. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Namita, and welcome to the Courtside Club, where we give you a courtside view into the world of sports and entertainment and a lot of other things. And we have a lot of things to go over today. So let's jump right into it. So, firstly, in the NBA, there are some coaches in the last week who have become very, very pissed off about the NBA referees, and they have not held their tongue. So I want to take a look at a couple of these post-game interviews. And the first one that we'll look at is Coach Mike Brown for the Sacramento Kings. This was from a game a couple days ago where they lost the Milwaukee Bucks in overtime. Let's check it out. Let me, let me see that, man. I just want to sh show you guys why I got kicked out of the game. Right here, this is in the first. Uh, this is in the third third quarter with 128 left to go in, in, in the third. And right here, you can watch. You can watch. Go back and watch. He uh, Fox barely puts his hand on uh, on Dame's hip. Okay, incidental contact. He didn't push him or anything. He barely puts his hand on there, and they give him three free throws. Now, at half, we were down. I think 19 to five in the free throws. 19 to five. And I know that happens sometimes, but that's very frustrating when at the end of the half, at the end of the half, from what I get, 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 get told all the time, Malik drives, uh, um, Lopez comes over and goes vertical with a forearm down here. Now, from what the NBA tells me the rule is, if you go vertical, you've got to have two hands up. Because Domus has his hand down here a lot, and they call him for it every time, and they always tell us, well, you've got a forearm here. And they said that, that they said that Tonight, they said forearm could be here as long as it's not extended. So I don't know what the rules are in this situation. I need a clarification because, again, two hands up is what the rule is on verticality, but they were here and they said Lopez could do this. That's a five-point swing. Have some sort of consistency. In my opinion, the consistency wasn't, wasn't here tonight. Not only that, on top of that, I'm getting told, to me, a simple basic rule of going vertical. I'm getting told two different things. And that is really inconsistent overall from the, from, from, from the officials. And, again, they're human. They're good people. They're going to make mistakes. But we can't, be, we can't interpret a rule two different ways. We can't be told one thing and then we, we say, well, he, he, there wasn't a lot of contact. Because then you go back and you watch Fox, you watch Dame come off that, that pick and roll, there wasn't a lot of contact. The, the, the hand was on his hip. Okay, not a, he didn't push him. He didn't extend it. The hand was on his hip early. And then you see Foxy come off and, and, and campaign hooks him and he almost falls down. I, I, I'm just, as you can tell, I'm, I'm beside myself. Now, again, we, we had a chance to win the game and, and, and we, we didn't get it done. But I, I, I'm telling you, man, to, to go through that, it, 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 it just, it, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It, it's tough to go through that. So of the two coaches that I'm going to show you here, Mike Brown took, uh, I feel like, a more composed approach to this postgame presser. So for context, he was actually ejected during the game because he did get so fired up about some of these foul calls that were made by the refs. Um, I think the message he was getting across here is the inconsistency with the rules and how you're calling things. Obviously, there are refs that are going to miss calls here and there, and he tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that he whipped out also uh, the laptop kind of reminded me of Pat Bev when he like grabbed the camera and was like trying to replay it to the ref. He'll definitely absolutely get fined for this because in the NBA, it is a rule that you cannot publicly criticize the referees um, I think that that's a rule that's a, a little bit interesting obviously we don't want players and coaches going overboard with it and then after every loss just kind of hounding on the refs but there is something to be said when it's something that's like a constructive criticism like this and him 
actively coming out and say, hey guys, I don't understand. If the, the call is that you have to have both hands up if you're going vertical, and if you have one hand down, one hand up, then it, it will be called a, a foul, and you are not calling it that way, we need to know. Now, if, if I'm not allowed to make any contact with a player when they're coming off a screen, I'm not allowed to have my hand there. I'm not allowed to have my forearm bump them. Um, like he said, uh, incidental contact. Um, we need to know that. But then on the flip side, obviously campaign hooking, which, by the way, if you are a smaller basketball player like campaign is, hooking is just it's something I did my entire career uh, because you – it's, it's just like a little, it's a workaround where the ref a lot of the times will not catch it. And I used to do it a lot for box outs, probably 80 to 90% of the time when I boxed out, I hooked the arm of the person behind me. Cause I just wasn't big enough or strong enough to do a box out how it's supposed to be done. And so, and a lot of times I, I would hook behind my back. So that the person I was boxing out couldn't move. Um, that happens coming off screens and stuff as well. Sometimes when you're a smaller player, you get away with it. But when you play the tape back and you put it in slow-mo, that is something that obviously should be called. Um, we'll see how much he gets fined for this criticism of the refs, but on the contrast, I want to show you uh, coach Darko, who is the head coach of the Raptors. I don't even know how to say his last name, but I actually do know Darko. He was on the staff at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Great guy, huge fan of Darko, um, but he had a, a little bit more of an emotional outburst with how the refs were calling their game against the Lakers. So let's check it out. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame, shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like how to play the game? I all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible, as Scotty Barnes? who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back, it's a complete crap. There is no explanation. They just, they just come up there, they review what, and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They, 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 they don't just want to protect us. Over the game, they got 36 free throws, 23 free throws in, in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? <laughs> I actually love this rant. Um, Darko is somebody who is also, I feel like, more of a traditionalist when it comes to basketball in the NBA. He likes to play basketball the right way. He's not really in it for, like, the, the flashing lights and the entertainment value. Like, he's there for the love of the game and the sport, which I feel like also on the – on the flip side, when you're playing a team like L.A. where it is all of those things and obviously they have LeBron and they are, you know, front and center for just a lot of things that uh, go around the NBA. And I think something that he was alluding to in this is like, hey, if you wanted L.A. to win that bad, just let us know next time. So we're not even going to we're not even going to show up for the game. Like why waste our energy when. He was essentially alluding to that the game was fixed in a sense because L.A. had 23 free throws in the fourth quarter as opposed to the Raptors' two free throws, which, if you know anything about basketball, that's like a, it's a huge discrepancy. He was fined 25000 for this rant. To what extent do you think that the refereeing is, is biased and unequal? I, I think the refereeing is definitely biased. Um, whether it's like purposeful or not, there are certain refs who get along with certain players better. There's like little beefs that certain refs have with certain players. I mean, even if you think of like Scott Foster and Chris Paul, you know, like that's mm -hmm. one that's just like so widely known. 
Um, I think also veteran guys who have been in the league a long time, who are superstars, if you think about LeBron James being that prime example, there's this like unspoken rule about protecting him a little bit more than maybe the younger guys. And I'm not saying that that's right, but you see it happen so often. And I don't know if that's just paying your dues in the NBA. If you're a vet, then you kind of deserve the refs to be like a little bit more chill on you. Maybe it's the age, but there definitely is some of that. And so that's why I said, I think like why it worked up Darko so much is he's like, my team is doing everything the right way. I also have a superstar on my team. You guys are not giving him the same respect as you do to these guys that are on, you know, the Showtime Lakers. And, and I think like, that's really, it'll be interesting to me though, because to have two coaches within the same week, be so outspoken about how the refs are calling games. I don't know if this will open more of a can of worms to like more coaches just being vocal about it when it is something where the games, cause I, I, I agree with both of these coaches in both of these instances. Like it doesn't sound like they are whining about it. Mm-hmm. Like there was a huge discrepancy with how many free throws the the Bucks got in the Kings game and then the, how many free throws LA got and like what these play calls were like they're the the refs missed the mark on both of these games and I would agree with them 25k to these guys isn't that much so why not be outspoken about it I think the refs should also always be like growing and and doing better as well you know yeah. you can't just yeah. put everything on coaches and players but I thought it was interesting and it's it's also interesting to like read some of the comments under these videos because there's a lot of fans complaining about NBA refs and you're always going to have fans complaining about refs if your team doesn't win. Like yeah. that's a given. But to see the special treatment that maybe some of these NBA players do get is something that, you know, Maybe the refs can do a better job. Maybe they're hearing us. Maybe they're hearing the coaches. And you just want it to be fair ball. Protect the players, but protect every player across the board in the same way. Last week, I uploaded a video about Caitlin Clark and how I think that she will be such a positive force when she does go to the WNBA. I also gave you guys my thoughts on how I think the WNBA can improve and what they need to do to improve and in turn, how that will help the women of the WNBA get paid more because that has been a topic of conversation, I feel like, for the past decade. So I got a lot of comments on this video and I wanted to run through some of them because some of you guys made some really good points and there are some things that I want to clear up that maybe you just didn't understand what I was talking about. So this is from Rich Brass 12. He said, you said you can't force a woman who doesn't watch sports to watch sports. That is true. However, it's those women are the ones who say that the women's basketball team should make more money. They can't make more money if there's nobody who is supporting them. Right now, the NBA is subsidizing the WNBA. If you have more people watching, you'll have more advertisers, which then you would have more revenue, which then means that it's more money to pay the players. It's simple supply and demand. So I agree with you. I do think in order for the WNBA base salaries to go up, you need to have more viewers. You need to have more ticket sales, more merch sales. There needs to be more hype around the WNBA. They have to be taking in more revenue than they are. There's also a lot less games in the WNBA. So even if you talk about TV deals and all those sorts of things, like it is just harder to generate the same kind of money that the NBA does. And I don't think that a lot of women in general are arguing that WNBA players should be paid as much as NBA players. And if they are arguing that, I think that that's just not an educated argument at all. And that's not understanding basketball and it's not understanding business. So nowhere in here, I was trying to say that every WNBA player deserves to be as paid as much as the men. I actually didn't say that at all in this video. Um, I am advocating for women to do what they can and control what they can control because you have way more opportunity in 
today's landscape in basketball and beyond basketball to make money for yourselves to where you don't have to rely solely on your WNBA salary. In the past, WNBA players would play in the WNBA and then during their offseason, they would go overseas to make more money because they weren't getting NIL deals when they were in college and having that money saved up. They weren't getting shoe deals, brand partnerships, sponsors. They were not making money on social media because we didn't have social media. And if we did have social media, we weren't able to monetize it at the time. So that's why my whole argument here is to motivate women to use the most of the resources that they have and the opportunities that they have, because I feel like there's so many ways to make money now and make a name for yourself and build that up. So do that first. And in turn, you will make more money. And in turn, the WNBA will become more successful. There is just a true reality that men and women are marketed differently, right? And if you look at some of the like superstar female athletes, like there was famously in, I guess, the 90s, there was a point in time where the top paid female tennis star was Anna Kornikova, but she was like ranked 20th or something, but she was the most, the highest Yeah, paid. but she's conventionally pretty. That was why. It, exactly. That, <laughs> so. that's, yeah, that, that's, that, I was getting there. So, right. so, so the, the point is, right, like she was the highest paid, but she wasn't the best player. And that's a thing that is much less true on the men's side. I mean, in theory, on the men's side, there, there can be people who are like, if, if your style isn't good or, or if you're like your look or the way you play, maybe you could actually be really good, but you're not as marketable. But I, I do feel like on the men's side, it's a bit more um, of just a pure like results. Like if you have the stats, yeah. then you're a superstar and you're yeah. a big name. Somebody said quite disrespectful to the pioneers, the greats, the legends that have been here before Kaylin that were ignored by the media and the world because people didn't want to pay attention or thought their talents weren't valid. The legends before Caitlin literally walked so she could run now. Caitlin isn't the first out of this world talent we've seen. She's just the one who captured the attention of the general public and the world and will launch the WNBA into never before seen heights. And it's well deserved because it's truly a great league full of the most talented players in the world. They were just never given a fair chance. So no, she isn't too good for the WNBA. She and the WNBA are exactly what each other needs right now. You proved yeah, no, my he's, point he's, here. Yeah, no, but you, you <laughs> absolutely this comment absolutely proved my point. She is known now because we have more opportunity now for these women to be seen. That was my entire point. You're right. The the pioneers before her, they might have walked so she could run. And I'm sorry for that. But there's a there's way more people who can be seen and, and make a name for themselves now than there was in the 1990s. We didn't have social media. There wasn't, now everybody's a celebrity and you can be a celebrity. And so you're proving my point here. Um, also this was, this was something through and through that I saw a lot of people talk about. I never once said that Caitlin Clark should play in the NBA, that was something that I was seeing a lot of different podcasts and online shows talk about because her highlights are that good. I never once said she was good enough, nor did I say that she should play in the WNBA. So if you listen to the entire conversation, that's where I stand on that. I saw a lot of people commenting that though. So I feel like I need to clear that up. Robert said, where do I begin? Women in sports, ice skating, soccer, tennis are so popular. They're equal, if not superior to the kind of attention the men receive, which competition do most sports fans watch in ice skating, the men's finals or the women's finals? Absolutely no contest. Would the casual fan you are talking about watch women's soccer representing USA rather than the men's team? No contest. Tennis it's a dead heat. The women's game is on par with the men's game. The argument you are making is exactly right. The casual fan must know who the players are. Even the casual fan must feel for whoever they are watching. One thing I'm going to say here, if this goes on and on and on, is it's really hard to make the argument when you talk about ice skating, for example, that you watch every four years. Like nobody is watching ice skating on a regular basis ever. Like name one person, please tell me one person who's watching ice skating. Tennis is the same thing. There's so many less matches. Like, please tell me the big matches that you were absolutely tuned in to Serena or Naomi or uh, name somebody, name 
what's another top tennis player that people are watching besides Serena, who retired, and Naomi Osaka? These, I'm, I'm not a big tennis guy. I don't know. That's it. But that's it. You're a man. I'm asking. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So you're tuned in like a couple times a year. People are like, oh, beach volleyball. More casual fans watch that than the men's. Like, yeah, again, every four years. Softball. Please tell me when you're watching softball. Like, you're not. You're not. You're not watching all of these women's games. You're watching MLS when the World Cup comes around or Olympics. So that's why I don't like those arguments. I think it, there's a point to be made for individual sports when you are incentivized for these individuals, but there isn't one women's sport across the board that you're watching more than the men's if you are a fan. So I don't want to rant about this too long, but I think in conclusion, one, I was never saying that WNBA players should make as much as NBA players. I think that maybe will come at some point in time, if deserved, if the viewership is up, if the numbers are up, all of those good things. Um, secondly, I was ever trying to put down any of the other players that I compared to Caitlin Clark. Again, there were two categories of women. One who was the Caitlin Clark category, which is so good, uh, rare talent, highlights like Steph Curry. And then on the other side was the women who have built up their personal brand, use NIL deals. I saw someone say, like, don't put down Angel Reese. She's a great basketball player, too. Of course she is. It's not what I was saying there. I'm saying she's made a bigger name for herself because of all the NIL and brand deals and social media that she's done. Um, and I think thirdly, I also was not saying that Kaylin Clark needs to play in the NBA. I think she will thrive and very much help the WNBA. There's so yeah. many more comments here. You guys let me know also um, if you would like to hear me reply to more of your comments because this is not the only video that I've gotten some constructive criticism, feedback, a little debate in the comment section. You know, you know what I think about sometimes? And this is this doesn't have to be in the episode. But the thing I think about sometimes that makes me sad like one more additional sad thing on top of like everything that was so sad and tragic about um kobe's death but i sometimes Gigi. think <clears throat> yeah like she was gonna be a star she yeah. was gonna be like when you look at her all the things that were there even watching her like 12 year old highlights yeah she, she played with such swag she like had her dad's little fade away that all that that was there you know you know like the work ethic was going to be there. She was going to be really good. And then on top of that, she's legacy, like royalty, obviously, because of who her family right. is, who her dad is. And then she also was pretty. Like, she was going to be a thing. No, I, I agree with that. And just having, like, Kobe was also so invested in women's basketball. I feel like losing yep. him yep. in general was just hurt the game because he was just so invested from youth all the way. Um, yeah. To the W. Yeah, I agree. So if you need to be pepped up from that sombering moment, step into a world of natural wellness and Caribbean flavors with Mobby Artisanal Tea, the embodiment of plant power and hydration. Take a sip, join the movement, and embrace a healthier you. Visit MobbyTea.com or your local Sprouts Farmers Market now to experience the taste of the Caribbean and every revitalizing blend. Let's jump into halftime, shall we? <laughs> For halftime today, I wanted to go over this viral list of words and phrases that were banned by this teacher. And it's so funny to me because as you guys know, I'm obviously a millennial and I feel like Gen Z has their own, like they could make their own dictionary of words because they have just come up with all of these new phrases and, and things that they say, which I feel like, and maybe this is just me as an old head talking. I feel like in my time in school, like we didn't have this many crazy phrases or like new words. I want to go down this list and see how many of these I actually know as a millennial who's also on the internet though. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll get some of these. So bruh, obvious, but these are words that are banned by this teacher in his classroom, which I feel like would be so hard also for Gen Zers. Standing on business. I think it's business, <laughs> but I know what that is. You know what that is too. Like do what you say you're going to do. Like, like put your money where your mouth is type of thing. Right. It's just like, 
yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay true. I'm going to stand on my business. It, it's also, it's kind of like self-explanatory. Oh, we ski. That's from a song. Oh my God. Ski. So that is banned in this classroom. <laughs> you ate that up. Oh my gosh. You know, what's funny is like, I could just see students like saying this to the teacher. Like if the teacher came in with a nice outfit and they're like, Oh, teach you ate that up. <laughs> like you ate that off and up. I I know what that means. These are hard to explain because I do. Wait, that's what that means. I, I didn't even know that. Like you ate that up. Like you did a good job, did or a good like, job. or uh. like you see. If you're Gen Z, let me know if the, in the comments if I'm explaining this correctly, or like, nah. like you took a you took like say it took like a hot photo. Like oh, you ate that up. Like ah, uh. like, interesting. Yeah. Like, good job, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> okay, cool. This uh, is hard back, to explain. Back, back in my day, it, Ate That Up had more to do with, like, you believed it. Like, if you told, if you, like, well, lied to somebody. Yeah, and, that's like, another way. Oh, like, up, yeah. It's like, she, yeah, like, they totally believe that they went for it, you know? Yeah. No, Ate That Up is like, oh, you ate. Like, uh, slay. Like, you ate. I saw, this is crazy. I don't talk like this, but I've heard people talk like this. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's cap. That's lying. Like you're lying. Um, what's up, gang? It's funny. He says, "What's up, gang?" This is all banned phrases. Bet. Okay, bet has been used since I was in high school. Like this bet has been around. Oh my God, Miss T. I don't know this one, unless the teacher's name is Miss T. That banned this list. Which is possible. On God is just like, like I swear, like on God, yes. like I, pr I promise you. On my mama is kind of the same thing. Is just like okay. I, I pr like, I so I'm not lying. On my mama. So this one is open ended. On my mom, dad, aunt, cousin, any family friend or associate. So you just cannot say on my blank. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I, th I think the word dead is there as well. You see. Oh, dead. on my dead mom. On my dead mom. Oh my, my dead, oh yeah, yeah, on my dead yeah. mom, dad, aunt, cousin, any family, friend, associate. I've <laughs> actually said, I've yeah. said that before. I've said on Daisy before, and which is my dead cat. I have said that before when someone like doesn't believe me because they know that I would never lie on my dead on cat. Day, on, dead Daisy. on Daisy. <laughs> on <Dang>. Daisy. <laughs> uh, Riz is obviously like your flirt game. I feel like Riz has totally been overused as of late, and a lot of millennials and boomers are getting a hold of it and just ruining it. It's true. Um, I think we should go back to just saying charisma. Okay, yeah. Bring back the whole word, you know? <laughs> true, I think it's, yeah. It's, it sounds cooler anyway. It's like you got Riz, like, nah, I got charisma. Yeah. I got the whole thing. What up, G Wade, which is like a song. In the cut with my twin, we reviving. <laughs> right? Am I wrong? It's that, it's that TikTok trend. <laughs> okay. Oh, so this is a two-parter. What up, G Wade? And then the next <laughs> the next line is in the cut with my twin. So um, and then just vibe. So all three. So basically that song is banned. You cannot say that song in this classroom. Gat, so like Gat damn is I've I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that when like a girl has a big butt. That's what I, where I've seen that used That's the most. Yeah. yeah. I learned that okay. while producing the uh, Cool Kicks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure you would there. Yeah. All right, next one's on bro, on hood, gang, gang, the N word, which is very valid. Like probably shouldn't be saying that at school um like curse words make sense that's the only one that's like a curse word on here the rest are phrases on me kind of self-explanatory on the set i actually don't know what that means so the set is that's like gang language you know is this like, gang language that is gang language yeah like like oh. when people talk about the set or like <clears throat> anything about the set that that like is is a a different way to refer to like the the gang. It's like gang language, and so on huh. the set is like slightly gang language. I got these two piercings from a gang member. Oh, you did? On the yeah, set? I I didn't even know she was a stripper too. Oh, nice. Her name was Sage. There you go. Shout out Sage. Yeah, shout out Sage, the blood stripper. <laughs> uh, 
freak you mean? I think that is, I think it's the cuss word. I think it's fuck you mean. Mm-hmm. Cause that's also the song. Mm-hmm. Period. That's funny. Cause I could see a lot of girls saying period. That means like, yes. Okay. Munyan. I don't know that one at all. We should look that up. I know Funyuns. <laughs> Me too. Mun yun meaning to express oneself to react as a prize has been won. Oh, this looks like it's from a viral video also. A lot of these things probably came from TikTok besides like maybe on the set, which is maybe gang thing. Big dog is like friend. Dre says that all the time. Like, what's up, big dog? Like, that's yeah, just like dog. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Motion or big motion, like big move. I, f- I feel like I've heard this, but I don't really know. Like, like if you, if you accomplish something, it's like big motion. Like, yeah. Like you're doing uh, it. We're just like big. I've been hearing that lately. People will just say big, whatever. Yeah. Like if a, if a thing happened. Yeah. Like, and that's like, I don't know, like. They'll just add yeah. the word big in front of it. <laughs> okay, so just vibe twin and what's up twin. So pretty much you can't call anybody your twin, which is definitely like people are calling people their twin from that song. That's viral on TikTok. But that's strange that you can't call somebody twin. N-I-E nigh? I don't know what that means either. I have never heard that one. Urban Dictionary says it's a shortened version of now. So it's like not interesting. Right no, I've never heard that one. I'm out of the loop there. It's giving is so, uh, actually I say it's giving. That's something that has slipped into my vocabulary I actually don't with like my it. girlfriends. Huh? You don't like I, it's giving. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of it's giving. Like there's no. certain phrases that to me, I feel like they encourage, uh, verbal laziness. You know what I mean? Like, like you fall into it and you just start using it for every, like now instead yeah. of describing things. Or yeah. like that's how you describe everything by just saying yeah. it's giving this, it's giving that, as opposed to like actually coming up with a phrase that describes this thing, right? Or like properly describing it. You know what else like is lazy. like that is like energy when people say like w- yes. like blank energy. Yes, and then or, or bi- big blank energy. Too, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's to combine it with the whole big motion. So yeah, so that's the list. Thirty-two words and phrases that are banned by this teacher who is clearly fed up with Gen Zers and their slang and would just like you to use proper English. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny though. <laughs> this is the this is the TikTok world that we're living in. It's just pissing off all millennials and boomers. But I think I I think I did pretty well though. I think I got like 29 or 30 out of 32. It's not bad. Not too much of an old head yet. But if I ever use some of these though, please just put me back in my place. I do not need to be using these phrases. Now it's time to spill the tea with Mobby tea. I always feel like I'm doing ASMR when I do this. <laughs> I never get the candles. <laughs> It's, I'm gonna pop a nail off. These cans are not hard to get open, I swear. It's just me. For today's spill the tea segment, I wanted to spill some of my own tea. I'm normally spilling tea of celebrities or athletes, but today I wanted to share with you guys my top three most embarrassing TV moments. So I have been hosting for over 10 years now. Um, on the internet, on live TV with a lot of different networks. And there are three instances that stand out most to me. Luckily, I feel like I haven't had any crazy moments, knock on wood, like that one Miss USA contestant who completely fumbled over Africa when she kept saying, and such as, such as, such as. I haven't had any of those moments, but I had have had some pretty embarrassing. So I'm going to start off with actually my first most embarrassing moment that I feel like shaped the landscape of my sports hosting career. So this was one of my first interviews ever where I was interviewing a professional athlete. Since then, obviously I've probably interviewed over a hundred different athletes, but one of my first ones was with Damian Lillard. And so this 
this interview in particular was for East Bay. I, I believe at this point they went under, but if you guys don't remember, that's like a sports magazine. I used to buy so many shoes out of East Bay. That was who the interview was for. And at the time, Damian Lillard was just starting his rap career. So I had prepped for the interview. I was super nervous for it, um, but I was excited about it also. And before I went into the interview, the people at East Bay were like, Ask Damien if he'll do a freestyle rap for us. Like that would be so cool if he like freestyled. And I was like, okay, got it. So like added that to my notes. And so the interview is going great. We're like talking about shoes, all these different things. And then it gets to the point where I asked him, I said, Hey Dame, like, you know, with East Bay today, would you mind freestyling, a, you know, an East Bay shoe rap for us. And he looks me dead in the face and said, well, I'll rap if you, if you rap first, I have never had stage fright in my entire life. I've never frozen. I've never forgot my lines. Like I've never been in a situation like that where like everything was just going to shit until this moment. I could not think of two words that rhymed, like couldn't, couldn't think of a, a thing I completely froze and I was like, uh, me rap. And he's like, yeah, just like four bars. Mind you, I don't even think I knew what four bars meant. Is that like four lines or four words? I could not think of anything, any, any, anything. And I'm like a 22 or 23 year old just getting started in the industry. Like my first big interview with a professional athlete, couldn't think of a thing. And so I stood there and I was like, oh, sorry. My face is probably bright red. And I was like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything. I just, I was like, uh, my hair and a chair. I literally couldn't think of anything. And guess what? You guys, Damian Lillard didn't rap because I couldn't rap. And at the time, like if I'm thinking about it now, like if that situation happened to me in the, the place I'm in now, I would probably laugh and I would probably like pull something out of my ass or I would weasel my way around to like pin it back on him and like get him to rap. But at the time I was just young and green and I was so embarrassed and he just didn't, he didn't do a rap. And then I felt like in my mind that I had failed the entire company because I couldn't think of words that words that rhymed. And I think I actually cried after that. I think I cried after that interview because I just felt so I felt so embarrassed. And what's funny too is when the camera stopped rolling, Dame came over to me and was like, apologize because he could kind of tell that I got embarrassed, but he didn't save me in that moment. So I was like, kind of pissed. I was like, well, you could have saved me when we were on camera, but he apologized after. And since then I've interviewed Dame a million times and he's also been, he's always been like super friendly and nice. So it was fine. It is what it is, but at 22, 23 years old, I was very, very embarrassed by that moment. My next embarrassing moment was when I was doing my first live television hit for NBA TV. I had done live television before, but this was actually doing a live hit for NBA TV during the NBA finals, which was Warriors Cavs. If you guys remember that final series, I believe it was the 2017 series. Yeah, it was 2017 because in 2018, I, I covered the entire NBA finals. But 2017, I was doing my first live hit. The game was actually in Cleveland, but they stationed me in uh, Golden State because they were doing this huge watch party at Golden State because I believe it was game four or game five. And if the Warriors won, then they would have won the entire, it might've been like game six. I'd have to look back and see what, the, anyway, it was a very big game because if the Warriors won this game, then they won the entire series, won the finals. So I was stationed there. Um, and it was crazy. It was old Oracle. It was completely like packed with fans cheering. It was basically like the team was playing right in front of you on the court. And what was going to happen for this live hit is there was the, the NBA TV TNT crew. So, you know, how it's normally like Shaq, Ernie Johnson, Kenny and Charles. Well, this was all of them except Ernie wasn't there and Charles wasn't there. So it was 
like Greenlee and, and somebody else. Um, so it was Kenny Shack, Greenlee, and then I forget who the last person was. They were going to be asking me questions. And I was like the, the in Oracle reporter for them, kind of like reporting the vibe, this and that from the arena. So we are doing a sound check. And what also happens on live television is you get this little earpiece. So there will be a camera in front of you and the, the other studio will be on camera, but if you are the reporter, you don't actually see them. You're just like staring straight into a camera, but you can hear them. And so I got this little earpiece and we're doing sound check and I'm telling my production crew, I'm like, I can't hear, like we're doing these checks. I can't hear. It's like coming through kind of muffled. It's coming in and out. And I don't know if it was a frequency thing because we were in Oracle and there were so many people or, or what it was, but I couldn't, I couldn't hear what was going on. And so they're like, oh crap. And then it's getting closer and closer to the time that I needed to do the live hit. And so then they added another one. So now I have two earpieces, one in both ear. And I'm like, you guys, I still can't hear the second earpiece they put in. Like I could hear it a little bit more clearly, but it was just like a lower volume. So then they took tape and like taped the earpieces to my ear to try to like maybe block out the extra noise that I was hearing from all the fans. But what I was trying to tell them is it's not only the volume of that. I can't hear it's that it's not it's coming through like maybe every other word or it's just getting choppy at certain places. And I knew that when I went live on television, I can't say like, Hey guys, can't hear you. I can't answer your question. Long story short, two in-ears in tape over both of them. We put my hair. So it was like covering them. And I go for the live hit. When I tell you guys, I was hearing every other word of the questions that they were asking me. And I remember the first question, what I think they asked me. Now, I don't know. I think the verdict will always be out on whether this is the question they actually asked me. I think they asked me if Warriors fans wanted the Warriors to win at in Cleveland or if they didn't want them to win so that they could come back and win at Oracle. And I remember, and by the way, this is all happening within like five milliseconds of my brain. But I remember thinking, well, that's a stupid question to ask. Like, why would they want the Warriors to lose? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. I was like, but maybe that was the question that they asked. So I had to think of all of this super quickly. I answered it and I was like, well, you know, they're really excited to be here right now watching their team, I'm sure that they would be happy for them to win tonight. And I remember kind of stumbling over my lines. And then there was a follow-up question. Guys, I, could, I couldn't tell you any. I could not tell you what they said in the follow-up at all. And I don't know what kind of answer I pulled out of my ass to try to like make it seem like I was saying something meaningful, but it was such a disaster. I don't know who was watching. I'm sure they were probably like, oh, this girl has never done live television before. She doesn't know what she's doing. But um, long story short, I felt sabotaged. Not purposely, but I really couldn't hear a damn thing. So I just kind of BS an answer and never worked with NBA TV again. <laughs> they didn't hire me again. So whether they thought it was my fault or theirs, um, that was that, but yeah, super embarrassing to go on live TV and stumble across what you're saying because you don't know what you should be talking about. And last but not least, probably I've, I've alluded to this interview, um, in other videos, but probably the worst interview that I've ever done in my entire life, unfortunately, because this interview was with a legend, a legendary player. And that legendary player was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I was super excited to interview Kareem. Um, we were also told for this interview that we would get an hour of time with him. And I was really excited about that because normally when you do interviews with professional athletes and especially legends like that, you're not, you're maybe getting like 10 to 20 minutes and for 2k TV, a lot of the interviews that we did, even if we did get an hour with somebody was cut down to like a super short interview, like those you guys just never saw those interviews in their entirety, unfortunately, but they were always just like, you know, chopped up and, and shortened a lot. Um, but I was super excited for this interview, walked into the interview. Um, he was sitting there and I would just say, like, I don't really know how, I guess I walked into that interview and walked out of that interview, not really understanding what just happened because he wasn't very 
friendly to me. And I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Always, always, always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I, I don't know what was going on in his life that day. If he wasn't in a good mood, if he didn't feel like sitting down with me, long story short, the interview that was supposed to be an entire hour of my time that he had said that he was okay doing ended up being 10 minutes because it was like pulling teeth, trying to get any kind of answer out of him or any kind of smile about him. And I also kind of pride myself when I do interviews to be just like really like friendly and upbeat. I always want whoever I'm talking to. Well, firstly, whoever I'm talking to, I want them to want to be there. Like if you don't want to talk to me and don't want to be interviewed by me, I don't want to be holding you hostage. Like I never want to be that media person who's making somebody answer questions. That's never, ever, 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 ever my intent. And so I was getting a little bit confused when it seemed like everything, like he just didn't want to be there. He wasn't cracking a smile, wasn't really making eye contact, um, didn't really shake my hand, kind of shook it in like a interesting way. Um, so I would love to hope that all of that was because he just wasn't having a good day, but definitely this, this was, you know, maybe, maybe six years ago at this point, but it was definitely a little bit of a, of a dream crusher in a sense, because when you are excited to interview a legend, especially somebody like Kareem, and then you're just disappointed from that. And you didn't think it went the way that you want. And you also didn't think that he had a good time because he wouldn't even crack a smile at you. Um, it, it was, it was rough. And so maybe there will be a chance in a future in the future where I can redeem myself or he can redeem himself and maybe it would go a little bit better. But, uh, if not, this is why sometimes you are not supposed to meet your idols because you could be disappointed. All right, you guys, that's all I got for my spill the tea segment this week. Let me know in the comments below if that tea was piping hot or ice cold. <laughs> I don't really like, I feel like those are my most embarrassing moments and I feel lucky that it's not anything crazier than those. I didn't like, I've never fallen downstairs or, you know, like what are some really embarrassing things that have happened to people on television? I haven't like completely froze. Like, like I said, the Miss USA is probably the most viral. Yes. And you, you haven't like just totally said the wrong thing. Like, like you didn't like go to Kareem and call him the wrong name or something, you know? No, actually, so, I have called someone the wrong name once. How's <laughs> it Didn't you do that one? Yeah, no, I did that recently, actually. Um, when I was doing that, actually just triggered my mind. That that was pretty embarrassing, but it was just, like, such a small moment, and the guy was cool. So it was uh, Doug McDermott. For, he plays for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And I think I called him Dan, but it was a, a mental slip of mine. Like, I just called him another name, and then he was like, Doug, and I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but I don't know. In those senses also, like, I feel like you're only embarrassed as you – as, like, your expectations are for yourself. Like, if you can also laugh at yourself sometimes, like, we're all humans. We make mistakes, you know. There was this one time also I was interviewing a player, and – they had a they had a game the night before that went into like double overtime and i was like congrats on the win last night i know it was a crazy game and they lost like i just i just mixed up the scores when i was looking and he was like and he started laughing i was like oh why are you laughing like you know it was a big win for you guys and he's like oh we lost and i was like oh my bad but it's also i don't know like to me those are moments that you just laugh about it. Most people are understanding. I'm, for the most part, very prepared for my interviews. So it's not like I'm going in there and like completely butchering something because I wasn't prepared. It's mostly like, you know, I'm a dork sometimes and I'm like. It happens. Like, yeah. Like actually, I, <laughs> some of the videos that in like the last 20 years of watching YouTube, some of the videos that have made me laugh the hardest are like local news bloopers oh my god why. they're so, so good funny. 
they're, they're so, so good. Because <laughs> there's something about them that's like so pure. Like it's like it really is real. You know for yeah. a fact. Like this was not scripted. This was these things happen by accident. Like when when the mic is hot and people don't don't know what it is. Yeah. All those like they're just they're just so they're so funny and like you never really come away from that like thinking like oh this person's an idiot you, no. you just like get it like oh like things happen we all make mistakes like you know there was funny. that one like weather guy who like lost his shit he was in the field and like lost yeah. it and that was that one was so funny the one with the, with the bee is that what you're talking yeah. about yeah yeah that's a classic the bee is coming and he's just, yeah like, totally... he also just like transforms that's the thing he like he's like very yeah. like formal on camera. And right. then, like, that happens and, you like, you see the other side of them come out. Right. Yeah, yeah I feel like in, in general it's one of those things. Like, and I don't – like, luckily, I'm probably jinxing myself across the board. I don't have that many, I feel like, embarrassing moments because I feel like if you're able to laugh at yourself, then – you don't get embarrassed as easily. If I had this facade that I was like this perfect person and I never messed up or I never said the wrong thing or I never, you know, whatever, then it, you know, if that gets broken, then it's, then it's hard. But, um, yeah, I feel like those were, those were some from the beginning that, uh, were kind of, kind of embarrassing. You know, somebody else who was really intimidating in the beginning when I was interviewing him as well was Spike Lee. The first, like, five minutes of that, he would not crack a smile, wouldn't anything. And he, like, again, like, wasn't really making eye contact. And there was at one point in the interview, it flipped a switch and I was able to, like, make him giggle. And, like, thank God for that because it would have also been a brutal interview. And, like, normally... I feel like even if people are tough interviews, I am able to get to that point where it does switch or where they realize like, okay, she's not threatening. Like I'm pretty chill when I interview and I'm also a little bit awkward. So it should make you feel comfortable because you're with somebody who's awkward. So like you're actually the star here. You know what I mean? Like I'm able to laugh. I'm able to joke about certain things like, you know, and I normally try to use that. And Spike Lee was one though that I was like, oh, this is uh this is uh, gonna be this is gonna be rough. And then he started he laughed, he giggled once, and I was like, yeah, yes, <laughs> there we go. Nice. I got a <laughs> smile out of him. That's all I got for today's episode of Courtside Club. Also, so you guys make sure to like this video, subscribe because we upload new videos every single week. And if you are listening on Spotify, make sure that you head over to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/radamita, and check out the full video so you can see the context of the things that we are reacting to, and you just kind of get the full experience. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can head over to Spotify if you want to hear this episode in its entirety. So on YouTube, we've been uploading each segment as its own individual video. But if you want to see the entire episode as one strung out long episode, then make sure that you head over to Spotify and you guys can listen to it there. Next week, I am actually traveling to Dubai to support Dre in his basketball tournament in Dubai. He's playing for the Philippines. I will be there, but we will hopefully have a guest interview for you guys next week. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. And I'm also hoping to do some vlogging and a little update from Dubai. So make sure that you guys stay tuned. There's a lot of fun stuff on the way. Hit subscribe, hit that little bell so you get all the notifications and I will see you guys next week. Bye.